What's up, Trash Talkers? What's going on, Gruntworks, and anybody else watching on some other platform that we don't know about? I hope uh, everything is going awesome. Uh, this is going to be a great Saturday, great show. Uh, Dave, I think Dave died. I'm not sure. Um, but uh, we, don't, we don't know I didn't where hear he about is. This. Uh, he, he shouted out something in one of his four languages he speaks, and I don't know where he went. I don't know what he's doing. Uh, but either way, I, I'm pretty sure it's some kind of family thing. He didn't die, so don't 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 panic. Uh, I think it's just it's okay. Uh, I mean, he's, he's lost. He's I lost. mean, I think he's at a soccer yeah. game. That's yeah, I think it's a soccer game. Just yeah. close to going he, to. to he calls it. He calls it football. You know, yeah. he and, calls uh, it. He calls football. it Bundesliga. But I, really I'm, just little league soccer. I'm sure these guys will talk about it later. But it's kind of a a thing is. You know, when you when you have partners in a business or you do things like a podcast or any any type of company, even in the military, if somebody's got something family to do, and you don't you shouldn't have to apologize for, hey, I'm sorry I can't make it on a Saturday. I go to my kid's soccer game. You're no shit, right? You'd be dumb not to go to it, right? And I, I forget what major CEO he said. If I ever find out that you know somebody misses a kid's birthday because you made them work, bye. You know, like it was a it was a famous thing. It's like 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 no like. Go do your family stuff, man. Like that's that's never should never be on top and more important than our awesome podcast. But um, yeah, the only thing Dave has to apologize for is going to soccer, like, right? Like your kids should play football. My daughter plays football. Like right. you know, like it's America. Uh, we hit people, uh, you know, and we, so that's just that's what it is. Uh, anyway, big shout out to our athletes play other sports. Yeah, big shout out to our sponsors. We got 10th Mountain Bourbon. Go to uh, 10th Mountain Distillery and put in uh, VTT. Get yourself a discount on some bourbon uh, and some and some whiskey. And I got vodka and I got all kinds of stuff that'll get you in trouble every time you try it. Uh, and then uh, we also have our our main sponsor is Zach Farkas with the Veterans Mortgage Source. All right, so go there on our website, VeteranTrashTalk.com. If you have any type of VA loan questions or any type of mortgage question, just ask him, email him. He'll give you free advice. He does a show every first Wednesday of the month with uh, with me, and we go over a topic about uh, finances or mortgages, and, and he helps out. And like I said, I served with him. He spent like a year and a half in ranger school. Uh, he didn't get a tab, but, uh, you know, anybody who stays down there that long, you know, you can probably trust him. Uh, he tried his hardest. Uh, so that's a different story for a different time. Maybe we'll, we'll, we'll have him on. Uh, other than that, uh, I got Trigger Joe. He's here with us, and uh, Buddy, uh, he who really cleaned up. Uh, it's surprising. Hey. He he looks really good. Uh, got a haircut today. Yeah, wow. and then our our special guest Ali Palmer, uh, the CEO of LifeCon and founder, and he's also got a bunch of other stuff he's got doing. And uh, we'll we'll get into uh, embarrassing him a little bit later in the show. And then uh, we got VTT's heartthrob. All right, JC Glick is here, which again, sorry, face man, he gets. Don't make your pecs jump. You. Don't make your pecs jump. Don't do right. it. The only reason I got it, by the way, I know you want. The only reason, the only reason I got a haircut today is because I knew JC was going to be on. (laughs) Yeah, I mean seriously, like you got to step up your game. I feel like an absolute hobo. I'm trying to be the faces I'm seeing. I'm tired of being the trash guy on the show. It's just like. JC's mm-hmm. on. Man, I'm just gonna sit here and be quiet. Well, you I did think cut you guys a podcast. Being, I think you guys are being fooled by the machete and the you know the hatchet and everything in the background. That's giving you the impression that he's better looking than he is. Yeah, you're I mean, saying you do not holy, find JC attractive. Crap, that's a lot of smack talk from uh, yeah, that's that's a lot of trash talk from, guys. from yeah, the new guy. <laughs> hey, it's coming in hot. Yeah, I like it. Wow. Um, you know, but again. JC's from the '80s, you know, just like just like me, buddy, and Dan, he's radical. Know, so, so we are from the Andre Agassi era, where image is image everything. Is everything. Right? It doesn't matter how good you are; you just have to look like you're really good. And then that's 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 like you know the whole you know if you wear your beret, 
you know, a sloppy way in an airborne unit and you run real fast, you're a sergeant. Like, it's that simple. Uh, and I mean, it's proven science. Trust the science. But I, Dave usually does a conspiracy. And uh, we talk about it. We're not going to do that today. We're not going to talk about a conspiracy. We're going to address, uh, you know, again, my, my stuff always revolves around being a triggered pansy. All right. Don't be a triggered pansy. Everybody gets triggered. Don't become a pansy about it. Well, I have been really fighting hard not to become a pansy. Uh, and I have failed a, a few times this week based on the ACFT. All right. And again, I, I got it that, you know, leaders need to use Twitter now. Uh, they got to use social media. They got to have that face. They got to get that reach out. Uh, but it's a double-edged sword. You have to be very careful as a leader on fa on Twitter and Facebook and you say things like when you attack a member of the free press, no matter how retarded the comment is. All right. If you're a government official, what the shut up. Like that's a, that's the free press. Just, just like, don't bring any attention to it. We've already talked about that with like Tucker Carlson's retarded comment. Right. And so like PRT, how long has PRT been around for JC about 10 years? What, what the, the, the current, what, what PRT, we're PRT. now? No, PRT, started like with in, the climbing uh, drills and yeah, that the conditioning drills. Yeah, that started in 2009. Yeah. I was 12 it started right before yeah. I went to the SLC. That was in right. 2009. Right. PRT, if you would have been doing PRT for the last decade, you would be able to do 20 leg tucks. Yep. Every, even the women. Like, so, again, we are – the wokeness of our leadership in the military – Based on their tweets, now I don't know if it's like they haven't given us anything else because that's where they that's where they show their face. All right, based on their tweets, they fell for the wokeness and they wanted to seem cool and they cut out the leg tuck. Right, it, it would be cool well, if you cut the leg tuck out because you know it just was there was so many things about data driven points that it was bad for you or not good for you or you know impossible to do. Okay, got it. But no, you did it because people complained and they whined. And then we get away from the point of what's our military supposed to, it's supposed to kill people. So if you can't do a leg tuck, I don't think I want you in my foxhole. Hey, right? uh, that's, that's, hey, that's my take on it. Yeah, I totally disagree. Though, it's scientifically proven that in order to find, fix, or destroy the enemy, you don't need abdominal muscles or, uh, or arm strength. <laughs> All right, hold on, hold on. I got to tell you. So, so wait. There was a guy, and it was the guy who came in after me and, and kind of screwed up some stuff on that AC on, on the new on the new uh, test. But he said to me as we were developing this, he said, "What's the most important muscle in combat?" And I, I'm like, "This is kind of a weird question." So I'm like, "Well, it's your core, or it, it's got to be your it, it's got to be your lats, or whatever." You know, what he says he goes, "It's this," and I go, hey, "Have you been to combat?" And he's like, no. I'm like, uh, okay. He's he's some he's some physical therapist who decided that this is the only thing that counts in combat. And then I, oh, guess, I see where you're going with this. Right? How do he, you get? How do you transport this? That's, that's he saw Black Hawk down. That's why. That's disastrous. <laughs> I'm like, I got I got a physical <laughs> therapist. safety, sir. I got a physical <laughs> therapist telling me what what's important. Ooh. He was like some big triathlon guy, which is like initially when we wrote this, there was no two mile run because I never had to run two miles in combat, mm. um, especially in t-shirt and shorts. 
Um, so, but he brought that back because that's what he likes to do. And he's like this little skinny, you know, runner type. Um, but, but the problem is we make this not about combat fitness. We make this about fitness, fitness and, and equity and, and equality. And the problem is in combat, equality is a false God, right? I'm sorry. You, you there are just certain things that you have to be able to do in combat. And look, I'm not going to say that there's lots of stuff that there's women who can do it that men can't. And, and I want them with me on the, on the X. Absolutely. hundred percent. Got no issue with that, but let's figure out what, what are we asking people to do and why we're asking people to close with and destroy the enemy. That's it. We're not, this is not some grand design. This is not some, social movement that is the only thing we have to do and the good news is you know now i'm a, I'll, I'll piss off more people the russians are showing their ass that they can't that they're not great fighters um well obviously we're still doing what we're supposed to be doing but we can be so much better if we stop worrying about trying to be woke as woke. opposed to yeah. trying to be trying to be deadly yeah, and then you never get. I'll turn it over to buddy's head, but you, because people are so polarized and you know emotional, and I like it. Uh, on Ali, this will transition into what he does with this leadership thing. But you know, emotional intelligence, like, are are you, are you able to control your emotion? Are you able to control what you do based on your emotion? And they they try to teach that, uh, you know, master resilience and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, but as soon as you get into a conversation, people's emotional intelligence really shows. And it's like, all of a sudden, you're this sexist monster that, you know, hates this, that. I'm like, I, I'm just saying that I think you should have to do a leg tuck if, like, if that's the test. Like, that, like, you shouldn't be able to complain your way out of it. That's all I was saying. I, I was just like, we can't have opinions anymore as, you know, a, a logical person. You have to be on one freaking side. And then it just gets it just gets annoying. So, buddy, what's your take on the, the ACFT? Was the leg tuck taken out because of science or was it wokeness? Everybody knows it's science. <laughs> don't use your abs. Nobody uses their abs. Your core. Why don't you even call it that? It's not really, not really central to anything. It's Is it just a core? Like, well, yeah. Anybody like any <laughs> kids have six packs. Who cares? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> now, nah, my uh, my issue with the ACFT has always been that at the beginning we made it a about. Um, equality more than we made it about anything else um well that's one of the things is that it seemed to be that it was it, you know we 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 made it about the standard which is to me what the standard should have been the whole time and my my complaint with the military and the government as a whole especially when it relates to like the physical fitness test it doesn't matter if you're doing Two minutes of push-ups, two minutes sit-ups, two mile run and some pull-ups. Doesn't matter if you are running five miles. Doesn't matter what you're doing to test your physical endurance, right? If you really wanted to make a, if you really wanted to make the military not sexist at all or have anything to do with sex and you thought, it, then you would just have erased the M and the F off of the old PT test put an S and just made the male standard, the soldier standard and called it a day because the, at base, the, the, the spirit of the male and female standard was always that males were the ones that were going to 
frontline like patrolling combat doing the physical jobs and the female roles were relegated to nursing pack uh you know supply things that weren't going to be as physically demanding well when we changed that and we allowed women to come into combat arms awesome everybody brings something to the fight not a huge deal but you still have to meet that base level and you know it, the, the thing that i always hated about the whole deal was that we always made these false comparisons and they were like, well, there are, there are 130 pound guys in the infantry. You're right. There are 130 pound guys in the infantry. And if I had my druthers, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have them either, to be honest with you. Uh, if they barely meet the standard and they can't pull somebody out of a car or, or a truck, if they can't carry a 240, if they can't do their job, then they're, they're a detriment to the mission as a whole. Um, and there are exceptions to that rule, though, because White Whitehead was five foot three and one twenty five, and he couldn't oh. carry two forty. But he made himself a valued member and an asset to yeah. the team because he was a right. phenomenal driver and he was a great gunner. Yeah, but it all goes to no matter what you're talking about, it all goes to that person meeting that standard, right? Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter whether you know what they are. Right. And he never bitched about being small ever. And on the other side of that, when I first joined the army and got to the 82nd, we had a guy, his name was Garza. It was a 240 gunner. This dude weighed 280 pounds, uh, was probably closer to eh, six foot one, maybe six foot two. Big dude. Um, he ended up getting chaptered out on the uh, overweight program. He was bar none, the fastest human in the company the fastest runner the company had and he could hump the 240 for night and day so you know the the standard is the standard and we should just you know like as long as you can meet the standard it doesn't matter what you look like doesn't matter what you've got between your legs it just matters that you're a positive asset to the mission right and then you know and and then going into the acft like the leg tuck, that's the exercise that we pick that we're upset about. Like the, I, I was always that's deadlift. You know, like I was like, always bothered by the deadlift. Yeah. Like how many eighteen-year-olds are coming into the army that have lifted before? I was like, man, there's going to be back problems all over the place. I've watched, I've watched eighteen-year-olds try to figure out how to deadlift, like at the gym in the army, and it's scary. scary. It's it is. scary for me to watch because it's all bowed back and like snatching and jerking. It's like, bro, calm down. Just, just I'm with 35 pounds. Yeah. You're, yeah. You're, you're going to hurt yourself. That's always been my issue. And the amount of money like rogue should have bought stock and rogue. Hey, hey, yeah. Hey, the cop, the, the caveat off of you. So behoove everybody to listen. All right. You go to our, get our store, a safety brief line. We got all those shirts for you. Um, I know a sergeant major of the army, Grinston, was once a first sergeant. All right, go go back to your first sergeant days, sergeant major, and know. yeah, go back to your first sergeant days. And when I would look at, as the senior trainer of the company, when I was a first sergeant, I would look at the PT plans, and I would say, okay, that's not PRT, get rid of it. That's not PRT, get rid of it. That's not PRT, get rid of it. And I go, I told you guys at 1500, once you get approved by the brigade master fitness trainer that you can train and, and coach in the weight room. All right, at 1,500, you take all your fucking guys to the weight room. But from 0630 to 08, it's what the Army tells you to do. 
right? And, and PRT, if you do it the right way, is tremendously effective for kids who are like buddies at 18 and have never lifted before. You know, those little tiny little leg lifts that you do, all that stupid stuff that we hate doing as athletes, right? That's what division one and pro athletes do to warm up, okay? They do that little tiny stupid stuff, okay? Because that little tiny stupid stuff is what supports the bigger muscles fire, all right? I'm not, a, I'm no biologist, okay? Well, that's the new phrase this, this week, no biologist, but I, that's what, the, that's what, that's what works, okay? So uh, again, it's just, it's a, you have to, you did not follow your standards that you guys set and at the top, at the top, you guys failed. Right. And now every, all these war fighters are waiting. The war fighters, the guys that are, and girls that are actual war fighters, they don't, they're just waiting to, for you to fucking come up with something. All right. Cause they're, they're just going to dominate it anyways. All right. It's about building the people who are weaker and that PRT does that build those who are weaker. All right. And can I, yeah. there, there's one other thing that I think we've missed, uh, we've missed a vote on. And, and I learned this from Sergeant Major Birch. We're getting focused on the test and how, we, how well we do on the test, as opposed to what we test soldiers on is what they will practice. And if they practice that, they will be successful in combat. They will practice. And, My fault. Sorry about that. And so, and so what we need to make sure is that they're, they're practicing the things that we want to test them on. And that's way more important than the score they get, because I want you to be able to deadlift. I want you to be able to throw. I want you to have strong core. I want you to have strong chest. I want you to be, I want you to be able to drag weight. All those things that we test, the only reason that we should test them is because we want you to practice them. And the problem was with the old PT test was push-ups, sit-ups, and a two-mile run do not prepare you for combat. If we're going to prepare people for combat, we have to have them practice stuff that they'll actually do in combat. So, you know, everybody's worried about, well, what's it going to look like on my OER, my NCOER, with what my score is going to be like, as opposed to work on doing this stuff and getting better at it so that when you go to combat, that's your test. It's not some piece of paper with somebody grading you. Your test is when you get into combat. And let's go ahead and focus on on working on that stuff. Yeah, per perfectly said. And it, like I said, the warfighter dominates no matter what. All right, the warfighter is going to find a way to win. That's why you know that's why our army is very successful is because of the warfighters. Obviously, the support. We could get into that conversation all day long, but the warfighter is going to do whatever he can to win. And if a support person has the warfighter mentality inside of them, they're going to do whatever they can to dominate their job as well. Right. And, you know, so it brings in the whole psychology stuff. But uh, before we turn it over to Joe for his uh, his soapbox, Ali, what's your take on the ACFD? Yeah, funny you ask, Nick. Thanks. Um, so the reserve unit that I'm in right now, I'm the Brigade S3 or the um, second brigade out of the 104th training division. Our job is actually to perform the drill sergeant based reserve training for um, CST, which is the cadet summer mission for all the ROTC cadets that are going to become young lieutenants and the West Point cadets, both basic training and, uh, you know, field training there. So this uh, updated ACFT guidance that came down from, from the chief of staff, from the uh, SMA, is really very, very poignant. 
I'm not a huge fan of labeling things uh, part of the woke movement or not. I don't really give a shit about that. You know, I just, I don't really care for that term. I think it's polarizing in nature. You know, but I acknowledge that so much of what the senior levels of our army has to do cannot just completely ignore the political aspect of things. I don't want to be up there. I don't want to be the chief of staff. I don't want to be the sergeant major because those guys cannot make decisions and JC has a really great point, but they can't make decisions that are just based upon what's beneficial for the soldier in prep for combat. That should be the case. And in the ideal world, yeah. But unfortunately, they have to pay attention to the support they get from Congress and, you know, what both sides of the aisle and how they think and what society's going to think and all the governors. And I, I just think it's an, it's an almost an unwinnable thing. So if I had to choose, it would be, look, these five, you know, activities right here, yeah, some of these are going to be better and prep for others. We all have some measure of maybe some different experiences in combat. My combat experiences were overwhelmingly having to lift one casualty from one vehicle to another. So if you can give me something that allows me to do that, yeah, that's going to be helpful for me. Additionally, I had to have stamina because once we the fourth engagement that we got into, it took us a long time to get back to the international zone in Baghdad. So part of that was vehicle, part of that was on foot. I mean, it's really a challenge. So yeah, we need to have physical stamina. You need to be able to run. You got to be able to be in good shape. I would argue, Nick, and this may blow the lid off of all of this, but I would argue the most powerful muscle that soldiers need to have, I don't give a damn if you're 17, you're 27, you're 45, male, female, transgender, most powerful weapon, not that brother, it's right here. It is, it's right here. It's mental agility, it's decision-making, it's discernment. Yeah, we can get an emotional intelligence. That's absolutely critical. But when you're tired and it's hot, it's 145 degrees in Diwania or Mosul or wherever it is, or you know some east western part of Syria or whatever the hell it is, you need to be able to still have enough wherewithal to be mindful of your men, weapons, and equipment and your buddy around you and be focused on the mission. If you're not able to do that, I'm not sure how valuable it is, how strong and tough you are. You know, And we had guys that they didn't withstand a test of time. And I remember the very first time the RIs messed with us in ranger school, they had a three-mile run, you know, going through. And and they had this big banner at the end of the three-mile run, you did it, congratulations or something, (laughs) which I thought was kind of strange. I was like, that seems kind of hokey for RIs to do that. But then we started singing cadence and getting all motivated and all that stuff. We were in uh, LBEs, if you guys remember that. It was back in the late 90s. And Nick, we hit that end mark, bro, and they go, all right, two and a half more miles. Just go. Just keep going. And the the deflated morale that just dropped from my platoon was horrible. And we had to run in boots in LBE and and BDUs another two and a half miles. So that psychological, you know, sort of um, agility and strength that you need to withstand what's going to come at you at combat when that first bullet goes whizzing by your head. That's what I think we need to pay attention to. How do you measure that in the ACFT? I don't know, bro. I'm, you know, I'm, but I'm general of the Army. I can figure that out. I don't think you measure that in the ACFT. You measure that in training. And you measure that because, I mean, the, the whole run farther than you thought you were going to run is an old NCO trick. And it's all there. <laughs> to, uh, thanks. It's all there to, uh, to build middle toughness. That's all it is. I mean, that's the only reason. I mean, that used to be. When I was a platoon sergeant, that was like my favorite trick. Like oh, get, you get the barracks and then keep running past them. Another way you test that too is you just run them by a huge hill. Mm-hmm. And, then you start, <laughs> and, then, and then you start to turn up it 
and then you'll you'll see right away that six or five it's five to six guys in your platoon that are already quitting yep. just by looking at it you know mm-hmm. go ahead jc he's but, biting yeah well what what we're missing is that the physiological piece and the mental piece are inherently tied yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. They're 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 one in the same. We know that exercise and fitness actually primes the prefrontal cortex to make better decisions, to regulate right. motion better. Like so, so so they're not different. It's all the same. If we want thinking soldiers, we need fit soldiers. We need soldiers that are used to exercising. That and I don't I, I don't care what gets you, you know, going. And, and what it is, but you need to have that physiological piece to have that mental piece. And I think that's, but, but again, I know that the army doesn't, doesn't like to talk about that, but. Yeah. But. Ali had a good point too. And I, I said this in uh, where I go to uh, for my master's to Yale, the Southwest UTEP. So uh, buddy's at the Harvard of the Southeast. That's Austin. Oh, wait, I was going to hold on because uh, I was going to yeah. make fun of Ali for just going to that thing. I wanted to make, I almost made a shirt that said Harvard of the Southeast. Yeah. That's the uh, but before we, before we, you know, uh, we'll transition over here to Joe in a second. Um, but I, I was talking in a class about, you know, when people call politicians leaders and I go, there are, there are politicians that, that are leaders. Right. But that's probably because they probably had the characteristics before they became a politician, um, sure. the, the stronger ones. But politicians are very much, you know, quid pro quo leadership. Right. And they're doing the things that are transactional, as they'll call it in some of the in some of the books. Right. Okay. I, I, I but I say give, you got to give the president a little bit of credit, even when they're wrong. Because they're sitting in the room and they're the ones that are listening to the State Department guys, the, the guys that are in every administration for the last 40 years that sit in the corner and they only talk when you say something dumb. You know, they pop up and go, you can't do that. You know, and they're like, why? Just case in point, you know, Cuban Missile Crisis, right? If when Kennedy thought about invading Cuba, there was a smart guy sitting in the corner and said, if you invade Cuba for that reason, Russia will invade Turkey the next day for the exact same reason. Right. You don't, you honestly think any elected president has this knowledge just before he became president. He didn't know his shit. Right. He's got a whole team around. Okay. But he ultimately has to make a decision when he listens to all these briefs about, yeah, we'll win in this country, that country, that country, but 200,000 will die in that country. It's just, we're going to have to swallow that. All right. You're the one that has to say yes to that. So like what Ali was saying is like, I don't want to be in that position. Right. Cause you like, now you have to own that. All right. And, you know, you have to live with that. Look at every president's picture five years after office. They do two terms. Right? They yep. age 40 freaking years. Right. Because yep. you will have no idea the amount of stuff that they're taking on. Now, the current one's going to be a skeleton. And like, yeah, he's already dead. So, like, uh, <laughs> I, oh, he's going to make it. Well, it's, it's, it's weekend at Bernie's every time we see him talk. You know, yeah. it's like somebody's <laughs> holding his arm up, you know, <laughs> pulling the strings so his jaw opens. Uh, but, like, you know, come whatever. on, man. Whatever. The, uh, uh, so, yeah. Oh, come on, man. So, so Ali said something, and then you just said something about you know the, the president, the uh, SMA, all those people have to make decisions based on. Well, they have to take in politics. Least, they have to, at least in part, in politics. And I'm going to quote. I'm going to quote the big Earl here in a, for a second about something different. You know, that's good. Inflated. Probably, probably a good it, idea. You know, we said it uh, at I the beginning to. of the COVID thing. Like, yeah, like. I don't have to judge you. COVID's going to judge you. And if you're not physically fit and you get sick, there's a good chance you're going to die. That's a real thing. Well, the problem with making decisions 
that affect the soldier for political reasons is that, yep, today it might be fine, tomorrow it might be fine, but when those boys get on those planes or those boats and they go over to the other side of the water and they get into a fight in Ukraine or Russia or Iraq or anywhere else, they're going to get judged. And if your policies didn't do what they were supposed to because you bowed to political pressure, then what kind of political pressure are you going to take? Or who are you going to blame? Are you going to blame the SMA because uh, because you know he told you that you needed to do something and then you didn't do it? Are you like who are you going to blame? And and at the end of the day, it all goes back to the warfighter. Same as as every other thing. It, when you're the one who's got the skin in the game, we don't give a shit what they what the test is. If you want me to stand on my head and kick 45 pound plates up with my feet, fine, I'll figure out how to do it. Right. Yeah. But the, the the point is, every good warfighter I've ever known, PT was just the morning warm up. Was the most fun of the day. Like, yeah, that's morning warm up at at, at 14, 1500 or during lunch. They were at the gym, not playing basketball, but doing like lifting weights, running extra. Jack 3D for lunch. Yeah, like yeah, exactly. <laughs> like they're they're doing the things on their own because it and it has nothing to do with looking good in a bathing suit. It has everything to do with being ready just in case because there's somebody else somewhere that's training also. And if you don't train as hard as that person or harder, then when you meet that person, you're going to get judged. Yep. yep. Uh, hey, let's uh, let's transition uh, over to rolls, Joe for that his rolls right, in, that been, rolls right into it, man. Yeah, perfect. And then we'll get nice. to Ali. It's a good yeah. thing I did that then. That was great, good, yeah. Great job. Well, by, wait, wait yeah, stop. Absolutely. I do have to stop perfect. you. There's some comments. Somebody said, awesome shirt, buddy. Okay, buddy, stand up a little bit. But right. you want to see that's the boats. That's, 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 that's Christopher Boats Oshana. Uh, our prayers and thoughts are still with him because he lost his wife to breast cancer. Uh, love you, Boats. He's been, on the show a bunch, he's been on the show a bunch of times. But if you go on our store, I know all you social justice warriors, we don't make a single freaking dime on that shirt. Okay. So, like, don't worry. Buy that one. Everything goes to Boats' organization uh, to help. I paid full cancer. price. Yeah, we pay full price. Code. We're going to put I our need, discount codes in. I need okay? discount code <laughs> in for, for us. So and here in America, it costs money to make stuff, guys. Sorry about that. Um, anyways, uh, so Trigger Joe, what we got? Yeah, no, um, I'm going to start it off one way and then finish another. Got kind of two points of talking here. But the first one, it, it rolls right off what Buddy was talking about. Um, all the good warfighters, there, there's, there's one other uh thing that factors in with us and always did and i know nick can back me up on this one it's that we it's a good honest healthy consistent competition with each other and all i was gonna say was good on the ncaa because the when watching march madness it's like it feels like these things that we lose in sports because the rule changes every year or kids are sitting out, like it feels like March Madness is that one thing that's in that bubble that they can't be touched by. You know, because even college football is being affected by that now. Kids are sitting out because of their draft status. They're not playing for a national title. It's all over the place. It runs rampant. Michigan, I'm a Michigan fan. They sat out like 20 starters one year and got blown out. And I was like, this, this is ridiculous. You, you, these kids have to break legs to be pulled off the court in March Madness. 
you know, watching teams like St. Pete's who are the little guys, they go out there and, you know, I mean, shoot, they're a 15 seed in the Elite Eight. It's just so cool watching good, honest competition where it's like, man, I'm going for broke. My style against your style. Let's see if my, our defense beats your offense. And it's like good, honest competition. And it's actually refreshing to see because it might be the last bastion of hope for that in sports outside of like the World Cup. But anyways, it was just, you know, love Marsh Madness. So uh, the other thing, we're going to have a little, so I'm going to tell you a little story. And uh, it's an it's a asking, asking for a friend type moment. I know, I know Buddy, the story very well. Yeah, I, I know the story fun. very well. I didn't well. make fun of it. That guy that, um, guy that talked yeah. to you, Joe, was a liar, okay? <laughs> I made right. out with him for two seconds. It was two seconds. We're all fathers here, right? Hey, everybody? everybody? I don't Everybody here, Dad? Yeah. All right. All right, so this guy. Know him well. Story is very similar. Um. Saw combat around the same time I did. Had a military marriage that fell apart, um, like so many do. Um, from a different area and knew nobody in North Carolina. Most of his people had moved on and done their other things because he got out of the military. Uh, so marriage falls apart, and he's got a son that's his whole world, and he can either tuck tail and run back to what he knew before the military or hang in the pocket and be a dad so uh with the unchecked case of ptsd drinking habit and hooked on the pills that they were feeding him he stays um for one reason and it was and it was to be a father to his son um after a, you know seven eight years of that he finally realizes this isn't really living because all i'm doing is being tied to where my ex is so he finally, you know, kind of meets somebody and it's the right person. They get married and uh, she's from his hometown and they were high school sweethearts. It's a story about and she and she even moves down to give it a real shot because she knows how important it is for this man to be a father to his kid. And, and finally, they come to the realization like we'd be happier if we went back. We're going to have to make this work in another way. And. He moves. He takes his two babies that he has with his wife, and he has to leave the one behind. All right. Does everything he knows how to do. The move is extremely difficult. Had a, had a rough six months, but never missed any child support or anything else like that. But for 10 and a half years, which is how long his son was alive, he was in his life every single day. And it was because it was the right thing to do, and it's what he wanted to do. Um, but once he moved, back it was like within two or three weeks it was like he was a guy who abandoned his kid and uh his son starts to get bullied and uh it's having a really really rough time and i can tell with the situation he's about at the end of his rope um son actually writes a note saying he's gonna hurt himself um that moment he's terrified gets on a plane and flies down spends some time with his son Feels like he's doing the right thing. Feels like everything's going to work out. And it's like, okay, all right, he gets it. He knows I love him. But it, he's struggling with the fact that his dad's not there. And, and, he feel, and they both feel it. Comes back thinking, okay, I flew down. Maybe I, may, maybe I put a blanket on that fire and, and things are going to be all right. We're going to move forward. 
takes three days before the ex calls back and says it's worse than ever everything is and he finally it, it, it's the straw that breaks the camel's back and, and he finally comes off comes off the hip and says you know what every single day that i've moved up here every single phone call you've given me about him is negative it's obvious you can't handle the situation just tap out give him to me just stop Stop playing this card like every time I get upset, I'm the, I'm the crazy veteran. When all it is is the fact that you're too selfish to raise anybody. And the structure, the rules, the family, the discipline, the actual core values are here with me, not with you. Just admit it. What's good for him is to leave and to be here. And of course, he gets, you know, the crazy temper veteran card at that moment because it's the easiest card to play and, and it's and so many people know that one so here i am trying to figure out what the next move i should tell this guy to be is and i'm honestly saying the soapbox because i don't get fucking it out. know get it out, brother. i don't get it out. I, I don't i don't know i don't know what the next step should be and uh terrified for the, for the well-being of this young man and it's eating him alive. So um it, and it's going to be it's going to be a complicated fight. So, you know, I'm I'm all ears to suggestions. Go ahead, buddy. So uh, so, so I had a a buddy that was a lot like that and his name was me. And uh so when I got divorced, uh you know, didn't have the the pill issues or the the drinking issues. I had a uh addiction to deployments um and like my ex-wife moved out of the house two days after i deployed on my uh on, on one of my last deployments uh and i ended up having to have my parents come up and and live at my house take care of the kids um do all that stuff right uh then i got home and i had both kids for uh, about three years um and it was a little bit opposite. Uh, now I have, uh, I have my son here with me and my daughter moved to, uh, moved up to, to live with, with her mom. Um, but the reason that she moved up to live with her mom was because I was wholly unprepared as a single SF dad to deal with the needs of a 13, 14, 15 year old girl. I, you know, everything I knew I had gotten off of, uh, cheesy fucking movies in the eighties and nineties. Um, so, you know, I, you know, I, not that I didn't try, I tried, uh, it's just that we, we didn't speak the same language. And when we did speak the same language, it was just butting heads. Um, but we quickly realized, well, we didn't quickly, it took three years. We realized that, Hey, you know, she needs, she needs her mother. Um, and, the same as your son or your friend's son needs mm. his uh, his dad is is how she needed her mom. And sometimes, sometimes you just have to explain to the other parent that it's not a competition. the 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 end goal of raising kids in any way is to have well rounded adults when they leave the house. Um, not to have spent more time, not to be able to tell them when they're 30 years old, well, I was always there for you and I did this and I did that and I did the other. That, that's not the, the goal. It's not a, 
it's not a competition between parents. It's a, it's, no. it's supposed to be a, like, like I talk to my ex-wife every week. Absolutely. Every week I talk to my ex-wife about how my daughter's doing. I tell her about how my kid's doing and we get along. We're friends. Like we, we, we do. Mm. But the reason that we get along is because we set those parameters right when we got divorced. Like, Hey, it doesn't matter what happened between us. It doesn't matter why we got divorced. We're still parents and we'll always be parents. Your friend and your, and before you, before you do that, buddy, yeah. before you do that, you, you know, you know, yeah, no, I know on there's a, it takes, it takes, it takes both parties. It does. It does. And when there's not, when, when there's no participation coming from the other side, you can't bully your way through this one. You know what I mean? So it's, it's very difficult when you, it's very, it's very difficult. Like, okay, yeah. let's say, uh, Saturday, Saturday night when we used to do the podcast. Mm -hmm. Okay. At that hour of night, you shouldn't be getting phone calls from a nine-year-old saying he's scared and he's at home by himself. No, you're right. Because right. I can tell you this much. A, that doesn't, yeah, that doesn't happen. That yeah, doesn't happen here. Day, Joe, that doesn't happen. At the end of the day, Joe, that, that you ship know. has already sailed. Those, that, that, that's already you're right. Now the hard yeah. work is you're right. it's, just, all those it's just hard. Yeah. Sure. For those of you who are watching the show for the first time, uh, if you go watch our first couple shows, uh, when, you know, all we did was tell stories about ourselves, uh, you know, combat stories, we opened up. We talked about the importance of it, uh, and and now we say every show that it's our favorite time of the week is this because we always leave feeling better after talking to our brothers, talking you know about combat, talking about things you know that we all have a vested interest in. And I knew right away when Joe started talking that it wasn't about his friend, right? So it, you know, I guarantee you he's going to feel much better after doing that. So those of you watching for the first time, these are real fucking stories. I try oh, not I, to throw. I try not to throw dirt. True. I try not to throw dirt yeah, on then, his mother. Even even the, even if we disagree at times, the only reason I kind of started it off that way is just because it's really, you know, I, I I try not to turn it into uh, me talking shit about her right. and her parenting style. It's just the fact that, man, it, it's so it's so tough, Nick. Because yeah, the, the 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 just the way things are done, the the drastic differences. Yeah. And you know, I, and, and it's and just then, so hard to to, yeah. to just walk because sometimes what can you do, you know? And the, and and this is not this might piss some people off, and that's okay because it's true. If you divorce and there's no abuse, there's no infidelity, there's both both homes are are happy and healthy, and everything's good, and the kid would be good either way. Mom wins every time, ten times out of ten. Yeah. You I think Ali has a question. He raised his oh, hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chris, oh, I, I apologize. Uh, Go ahead. Uh, so. Uh, the again so people watching these are real stories all right and you know we when it comes to combat when you want to talk about that if you think you've seen something worse than anybody in this panel don't know much about ali's but uh like you're not you're not gonna scare us all right you're not gonna tell us anything probably new all right so ali with a hand up yeah nah brother i mean thank you um first of all this last comment nick i thought was pretty powerful uh I've been shot at a lot, man, and I've been through some stuff that no human should have to go through in my 16-month tour, but I will be honest with everybody here and everybody listening that marriage and raising children is some of the toughest crap you're going to go through, uh, and, and in some ways, man, being over there in, in Baghdad um, fighting AQI was a little easier, and, and, and sadly, Joe, I'm with you, brother. I've got 
a beautiful stepson who's 13 years old and me and his dad don't get along at all. He lives a mile down the street and we've spent Ouch. eight eight years trying to figure this out. And he's still in this world of, I took his wife away and I stole his family and all this and nothing I do. And I've tried everything. I've tried being his buddy, being his friend, the hard nose approach that you're not, I mean, I've tried everything. You can try counseling, therapy, kissing his butt, everything. Nothing has worked with this guy because his worldview on how to approach relationships, decision-making, parental responsibilities is 180 degrees different than mine. And here's the thing, brother, that's really going to hit home with you, I think, because I really feel your pain, Joe. The thing that's going to hit home that I struggle with is I don't ever want to look at my stepson and say, your dad is jacked up. He's, he's on the wrong side of a lot of things, because I know that's unhealthy. My wife reminds me of that. But I worry that if he doesn't get exampled what the right things are for life, then he's going to think that what his dad is doing is okay and healthy. And he loves his dad. And I don't think he's a bad dad. You know, his dad's not an evil person, but he's a, he's a knucklehead, right? So now I've got parental responsibility for my stepson, who I see as my boy. I don't see him as different than my biological son. Yes, sir, you know? And so I worry that, man, if I don't tell him, well, son, I'm not sure that's the best way to to think about that. That's not how we talk to women or that's not how we treat people with respect or that's not really, you know, healthy to be eating, you know, ice cream, you know, at nine o'clock in the morning. I'm just not sure that's right. But his dad is doing all this crap. So I'm in this weird back and forth place. And the thing that JC said that was so powerful that I admit I struggle with is, brother, if it was just as simple as we all love the kids, so let's just focus on what's healthy and best for them. I think that would be beautiful. 100% on the money. We love our babies. There's no argument there. The problem is we are also damaged. We are not 100% whole and healthy all the time. Forget about the combat stuff. That is enough to jack up your head. But there's also the parental issues we have and where we military and our relationships and trying to navigate a crazy world. So now we are not 100% healthy and whole. And here we are supposed to be responsible to co-parent with somebody, which is why you got divorced and they're sorry behind in the first place. And now we have to figure out a way to work together with them to make sure the healthiest stuff goes into this child. And the shit's just really, really tough. Right. Yep. Uh, that's, that's good. Yep. And, uh, it'd be a good segue. Joe, tremendous job uh, opening up like that. Uh, I, I mean, the chat thread on VTT is blowing up with people sharing sharing some type of empathy. Uh, Dev, I don't see any sympathy, which is a good thing, but sharing some type of empathy mm-hmm. with it, you know, and how it moves them to do what they do. And so those of you watching uh, and listening, again, you are alone in your head and thoughts. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's your responsibility. Right. Okay. But bring it out. That's what the community was started for. That's what veteran and trash talk was started for. Bring it out because you're going to get 20 to 30 people that are going to say, I have something similar to that. Right. Here's what I did. Here's what I do. I do this. Do you do that? Is it wrong? All right. Start it. Start the conversation. Okay. Make, make it happen. Now, I was going to make fun of Ali, but it's tough every time, you know, Joe goes because he always comes at you with some heavy shit, which is in a a good way, Joe. Heavy, good stuff, you know. uh, Hey, if I'm going to unpack, you know I'm going to do it at 2 o'clock Eastern time on Saturday, buddy. It's great. You know. Um, Appreciate you, brother. And, uh, no, but that's – Yeah, absolutely. we always say this every show. And we could, we I hope saying, it makes other people if know, we say, come on if we say do that because that's what we do here. If we save yeah. one life a show or we help, well, it doesn't have to be that drastic of saving lives, but like if we help one person, 
with this show today. I don't care if the show goes two hours, three hours. It usually goes an hour. We're already there. This is the—I think this is the longest we've ever went before we actually got to our guests before. But um, you know, it's—it's—it's a—you can see the conversation that develops when you just talk about it. Okay, just just talk about it. Get it out there. And this is more a message to everybody that's watching and uh, people who are scared to get it out. I got it. It's tough. All right, get it out. All right, get the demon out so we can. It does it not come. It does not come naturally. That's why we preach because people need to hear it. Because right. as veterans, as veterans, it is not a natural thing. At so all. now we get to this. I get the distinct pleasure of getting yeah. to to Ali Palmer. All right, now as he's not, I, I'm going to say it this way: he's not the easiest guy to get a hold of during the week before a podcast to make sure we have everything squared away. Um, but you know, we were starting to scramble trying to find maybe some reserve emergency guests. We didn't quite know. Uh, but then when I finally got his bio. You know, when I read it, it kind of made sense. So, like, when I wrote in the script, it was like, you know, we all know that if you score really low in college in ROTC or, or an academy, you don't get infantry. So, if, if you want to discuss why you weren't an infantry officer before you get into anything else, that's really only that I was the thing I was concerned about. But other than that, we have... Ali Palmer, and he has done tremendous things. I got hooked up with him through Rob Robinson, uh, the angry colonel, we call him. All right. So, uh, yep, uh, let's uh, let's get into it, Ali. Welcome to the Trash Talk Hour. Appreciate that big time, Nick. Yeah, yeah. thank you, man. And sorry, sorry about the juggling. It's been a crazy world. I've actually jumped on a new leadership opportunity recently that has my time stress. And, hey, Nick, you'll appreciate this, too. I've made a recent investment in a new business here in Atlanta, Georgia. So I'm part owner to uh, a, um, a craft brewery as well. So I've got a lot of things I've hey. done. Hey, yeah. let's get them on here soon. Oh, yeah, dude. You like yeah, the beer, guys, because you send us samples. Funny, funny, funny you say was, that, too. I was waiting for you to say you did some teeth modeling, because those things are magnificent. <laughs> you challenge, you challenge Sam Medina for whitest teeth I've ever seen. The guy who actually brought me um, uh, into that deal is the um, the president of the 75th Ranger Regiment Association. So uh, I'm part of the uh, Army Ranger Association, and he is a 75th guy and um, really great guy named Art Attaway. And he lives here in a community, owns a few businesses, started a company called Three Rangers Brewing, and now we're part oh, of Oh, yeah. I know. Oh, sweet. Yeah. They're coming you know, on the show. Yeah. 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 Art, Doc Attaway, good buddy of mine. He and I are business partners now, and it's been a, it's been a great ride, brother. Yeah. Yeah, so tell us tell us a little bit about your service, what you've done, and then uh, what what you got going on with your leadership coaching and uh, the businesses you decided to do. Yeah, brother, happy to. And and quite honestly, we don't need to do any promotion of my stuff, man. This is just lo I love being on the on the line with brothers in arms on personal professional issues, sharing more stories. This is fantastic. But a real pleasure to be on, Nick. Thanks for having me. I'm a, I'm a West Point dude, finished in '97. Uh, lucky enough to go there. My dad was a Vietnam vet, actually, uh, Air Force veteran. He's a crew chief in Vietnam. And he told me and my sister, hey, if you're interested in the military, these academies are the best things going. They paid for and you get a good education and blah, blah, blah. So he, he recommended we apply for them. We did. My sister went to Air Force Academy same years that I went to West Point. So I was lucky enough to get engineer. Man, back in the day, you were oh. getting a death sentence to get infantry. I'm telling uh, you. Nobody oh, wanted to go in the day. Back in the day, what are you like 30? Back in the day? <laughs> well, JC, I'm much older than you are, brother. I'm see I, I probably are you really? you. 
Yeah, I bet you moisturizes. There's, a, there's no way he doesn't. Fight. When he was talking about wait, wait, wait. like going to I'll... Ranger School in the '90s, I was like, "This dude uses some good <laughs> kind of, Yeah, what kind of stuff? Late '90s. I went in the mid '90s, so I'm trying to figure out what you're 51. You're nah, 51? we might be close, man. I'm 45. Yeah, 40. I'm 51. So, All right, you yeah, barely got, got me. Yeah. You barely yeah. got me. <laughs> All of that wisdom in his chin, you can see it there. It's like like mine. Mine's getting close to JC's, but I'm 11 yeah. years behind him. It's getting there, though. That's wisdom right there. So, but, yeah, so West Point, 97. You guys yeah, had man. a good football team back then, I think. We that did. Was- As a matter of fact, we were one of only two classes in the last 100 years to beat Navy all four years of our time. Yeah. Only one other class did that. So me and Rob Rob, he's my classmate, so he and I broke a lot of dirt together. We beat Navy. And that's a real big deal. You got to beat Navy. No matter what, eh, the world could come crumbling down, war, famine, disease. As long as you beat Navy at the end Your of the year. about to get in this conversation. Yeah. Is it a big deal, though? Is it a big deal? It's kind of like watching the worst high school football. Well, the best high school football game you can watch. It's the worst football on TV. Buddy, <laughs> you are going to get some it's... something sent to you in the mail. Bro. Hey, I, I, I got a lot it. of good West bring Point it. football stories. Uh, so you probably went to school with uh, – Brandon Rooney as well. I believe he was the fullback for the team in 97. Uh, he was a major when I went to Ranger School. We went to Ranger School together. And Rooney. yeah, he, uh, I was picking pubes out of a urinal with him, right? Oh, and, uh, right, right. And uh, I'm laughing my ass off. And he was like, what's so funny? And I was like, I guarantee you this is the only time in my career I'll ever pick pubes out of a urinal with a major. You know, and <laughs> he, goes, he goes, yeah, you're, you're probably right about that one. Um, but now that that's a good one, and the other one is who's the quarterback a couple of years ago, 2016, who fumbled against Navy and then was balling his up 15 was balling his eyes out with General Ordierno on the 50 yard line like a little that uh, steel Trent yeah. Steel yeah something like that Steelman. So he comes to Ranger School and he comes gets down to Florida right, and I'm sitting there and I get the I get everybody in formation and I bring him out front and I go I go so uh, y'all saw what this guy did right. Everybody's nobody knows what I'm talking about except for like him and like two other West Point football players that are in the formation. I was like, he fumbled the ball and lost the Navy. And I go, you know how he handled it? And there was a who was that? So I'm like, he cried, cried like a baby, had to get consoled by General Ordierno. You know, and it's you guys got crap. Ruthless, <laughs> dude. And I, no, right, right. Well, that's what we do. You know, we mess with your head. And I was like, I was like, I was like, no. But bottom line is like, oh, you guys got no idea how hard that kid tried, the passion that he had. What had happened in that game? I go, just bring 5% of that passion to this this class, and you guys will probably all get goes, right? Like, just that amount of, you know, he let down his entire freaking – that's how he felt, you know? He let down my entire freaking team, right? Even though there's 60 minutes in the game, right, maybe it didn't have to come down to that fumble, right? Lots of other things. But I know the the West Point stuff. Buddy, Buddy's always a big commenter on the West Point football team. I, <laughs> like, can we spend a couple more million dollars to talk about a football game with option left and option right? Don't great. worry, US, hey, US. I got a question yeah. for Ali though. How bad were your grades in West Point that you didn't like? How many infantry, times did you apply yeah. to the Harvard of the Southwest before, or the the Southeast before yeah, you got yeah. into the old the other old Harvard? Yeah, I got Austin P. Was it a bunch of times? 
Did I you mean, know about the, the Harvard of the Southeast? Also no, well, well, hold on. Let me, I'm going to throw your question back with a question. Help me understand the Harvard of the Southeast. How did they get that moniker? And so we got, we got, I mean, we got everyone started. Everyone knows it's the Harvard of the Southeast. Everybody knows the one, the, the, the one school. Like, I tell everybody the that's how it's became a thing. the Guys, Yale. Come on. When Nick enrolled, when Nick enrolled is when they they proclaimed that oh, day. No, this is the Yale. I go to the Yale, Yale the Southwest. Southwest. I'm Harvard of the Southeast. We had a guest from Outlaws Incorporated, uh, a young officer that got out, and his platoon name was Outlaws, and he starts a program to get uh, uh, you know guys who get out of the army, you know, schooling and transitioning, and help helps them out that way. It's a nonprofit. So we had him on the show, and he was a he was getting his MBA from Yale. And uh, I had just enrolled at UTEP at the time when he was at Yale. So I go, oh, you go to Yale, huh? And I was like, yeah, I'm pretty much. I'm at the Yale of the Southwest, otherwise known as UTEP, you know. And so it kind of kind of took off he from there. That. And then any, any, well, he goes, because of COVID, he's like, actually, I'm homeschooling at Yale. So I'm paying an extreme, extremely amount, a lot of money to homeschool. Like I said. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, whatever. But uh, no, for us NCOs, it's a big deal when we're in college. Officers, you're supposed to. So we brag about it like it's some badge of honor that we're now more, yeah, good we're, point. We're now way more intelligent than everybody else. I mean, but funny I, you mentioned that because look at, wait. when I, I was in Iraq at the time when I applied to Harvard Business School. And my wife at the time was like, if you're going to go to get your grad degree, get the best one you can. Just go after the absolute best. I was like, yeah, the worst you're going to do is say no. I applied to Harvard, Yale, and Wharton. And I was in Baghdad halfway through my school. And I got an interview at Harvard. And I was like, wow, this is great. And they were like, we understand that you're probably nowhere near Boston. And I said, yep, I'm actually deployed right now. And you have a lot of soldiers that apply every year. They said, no problem. We can do a phone interview. There wasn't like Zoom or Teams or anything. So then I thought to myself, you know what? Yeah, I can do that, but I know my personality. I know my presence. I'm going to put the best picture forward if I can be there in person. So I went to my boss, who was a general, a general's aide at the time, said, sir, I know this is a wild one, but is there any chance you'll let me fly back to Boston to interview for business school? And he had written a letter of recommendation for me. He goes, yep, you can do it. Just be back. You're here in if you pull that off. Wow. I did, brother. Joe, check this out. I left Baghdad, flew to... Uh, Kuwait, Ali al-Salim, Kuwait, uh, Ramstein Air Base, D.C., Boston. Didn't have a suit or anything. I'm in uniform interviewing there, right? And she's like, why are you in uniform? I said, I'm so sorry. I just got in. Uh, and and she's she like, um, okay, I appreciate your service and all that. I said, yep, I and I've got, to, I've got to fly out. She goes, fly where? I said, I've got to go back to Iraq tonight. And her mind just was blown. And bro, yeah, I, did, buddy. I, took, I sat I in a business class, to handle real quick. Interviewed. It took me 40 hours in the air back and forth, but I spent more time traveling than actually on the ground. Went right back to Baghdad that day. And I think that might have helped a little bit with showing a little hood spa and a little bit of um a little Dude, bit of that's a, getting in there. That's a, that's a statement right there. Yeah, when well, I was in when I was in Samara, I asked if I could go back to rap. apply for Harvard. He's and in. said, "Sorry, you got gate guard." I was like, "Fuck." <laughs> 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 that shirt tells it all, Nick. That's for sure. Yeah, the high, how, high, does, high uh, that does kind of illustrate the uh, <laughs> the difference between making excuses to not be able to do something. And finding ways to get the job done. Yes, nice. fact. And I think that's the uh, one of the big, the big uh, differentiators between uh, oh my. us and a lot of other people. You know, that's a good point, brother. And let me just let me reflect on a mentor of mine, Colonel Kurt Buller, who is a former um, 
720th Special Tactics Group commander, spent his entire Air Force career. So was Air Force? Yeah. Yeah. Air Force Academy 91 grad. Good buddy of mine. I do some leadership work with his company, Intrepid Leadership. And uh, Colonel Bullers reminds us of a very, you know, age old adage in the special ops community that credibility equals freedom of maneuver. And so the credibility that I had built up with my general after the trust and doing my job and doing it well and never complaining and just coming in day in, day out. Every single time. He's one of those guys that never wanted to sit back in the office in his chair doing business by email. We were out in the red zone every single week, every week, even when the PSD said, sir, you know, a, a G2 situation, a little rough. I wouldn't go to this part of town. He's like, I don't care. We're going out there. We need to look at these projects. We need to get out there and make sure the engineers and, and the BCTs are have what they need. So we're in the red zone all the time. I just never whined or complained about it. Just went out there every time. So when it came time for me to ask for a favor, to get some leave for three days to go interview or for a day and a half to interview for business school. Yeah. Credibility was freedom of He knew you weren't trying to get out of work. You knew you would have right. something, something serious to do. That's right. What, brother. Year, what years was this in Baghdad? Uh, I got there April of 05. Okay. And then uh, came home July of, of 06. Yeah. I yelled at a general in Baghdad just before uh, us in, in 2009. That worked out uh, real well. Um, now, why would so, you do that? But it, it wasn't my fault. Okay, it was. So I, it, it was. I mean, it was the NCO. It was, the it was the all NCO. due respect. I did say all due respect, Charlie, because uh, of that moment. Apparently, five. Bucks, no, I. Apparently, so a five dollar bet was more important this, than his career, we get this call, and they just could pass it up. We're in our patrol base. We get this call that says some general got a hair up his ass. I didn't know general said some some VIP got a hair up his ass. Needs to be in the sector. We need to go set up a perimeter. Boom, 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 boom. You know, so like I get out, I got, I'm, I'm a squad leader. I'm getting my guys in position. I'm getting the gun trucks in the right place. And I look over and I see this, it looks like mosquito wings. looks like a private, right? <laughs> like from a distance, right? And there's this guy just standing outside the truck with like no rifle, right? Or like, like nothing. I go, hey, fuckhead, you know, you know, yes. and, you know, and he, and he looks yes. up and he kind of looks this way. And then he kind of looks this. I'm like, and I'm, I'm walking over. I got the, yes. I got the range said, yeah, walk. I got asshole. the range walk and seal walk going over there. And I was like, and then when I got close, I was like, never mind, sir. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, no, 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 wait. He's like, no, 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 wait. And I'm like, what? He's like, what were you going to say? I go, where's your fucking weapon? That's what I was going to say, private. That's what I was going to say to you. You know, and he goes, all right, good shit. And then I. <laughs> dude, I'm wetting my jockeys over here. <laughs> like, I was, Dude, I was I was so ready to just like you know lose all my composure in a combat zone, which I shouldn't have done. I lost my emotional intelligence. You know, I was about to, about to just go nuts and all that. Good, uh, all that stuff. But I, I looked at your uh, your website is LifeCon, right? Yeah. Right, how do you get it? Is it LifeCon.com? Hey, actually, no, Nick. It's PalmerLifeCon.com. See. Uh, but but let me say, um, I, I appreciate the opportunity to talk a little bit about it. We it's a small organization, but we've been around for about nine years. I have a team of about 25 contractors. And what we're doing, uh, honestly, gentlemen, just ties a lot into what we're talking about here. We've, we've determined that the, the right recipe for how you kind of better show up in the world as a professional, a soldier, a father, a brother, a, a sibling, a mother, a, anything, is to first focus right here. Look in the mirror and say, what's going on with me? How can I be better attuned to my emotional triggers my personality preferences. I'll share with you, man. I, I took the Myers-Briggs assessment years ago, mm. and I now know that I'm an ESTJ, right? Those four letters 
I had way know, better are, letters are magic because yeah. they tell me that as an extrovert, I feed off of the energy of other people. And so if My I gotta be by right myself, here, dude, if I have to be by myself or quiet or in a, in a close space, I can go crazy. I'll bore myself, it's stressful. The S means I focus on details. I like concrete things, the senses, what I can touch and smell and see. The T is how I make decisions. I make decisions based upon logic and thinking, not emotion and impact on human beings. And then the J is how I structure my life. I like order and I like discipline and timeliness. So now that I know that, I know that when my wife does something that's counter to one of those, it isn't because she's incompetent or doesn't care about me or is being rude. She has touched on something about me that is uncomfortable. So now I say, okay, wait a second, that's my S or my J and let me get into a better frame of mind instead of getting mad at my wife for doing something fairly innocent. So we've done, we've got a lot of assessments. We've got a lot of coaching, a lot of leadership facilitation that we do on intact teams. I've got military units, nonprofits, face faith, and that we work with. And uh, it's been a really good ride, brother. And, uh, and, and I'm really, really happy to put my version of how we help get, you know, my, my uh, brothers and sisters out there, both civilians and military, better showing up for their personal and professional lives. So it's, a, it's an individual program or is it a team program? Do you bring teams to it? Do you bring? Oh, both. Yeah, we have, we have teams that can come in, different venues. We have our team that we put together that's tailored to the client. We go travel to them. And we've got clients all over the country. And I will share, we recently partnered with a new organization that is going to do a deeper dimension of assessment, staffing, training, HR, organizational development. It's called Evolution Management Incorporated. And so now we're online there and ICON is going to feed up into evolution management. And what we're going to do is bring it to larger teams, government agencies, DOD. That's the plan. No, that's, yeah, that's, that sounds like a lot. Yeah, man. It's nice. That's awesome. Uh, J- J- JC does some leadership stuff too. Uh, buddy, there's and, a dog. Uh, buddy, there's a dog there. Is that? Yeah. Buddy, the dog attack. Right. Buddy, buddy, dog. Uh, you're all right. Yeah. I couldn't you tell that dog was mauling. You know, a kid, a kid just showed you. holding something. I was going to hold something. A kid yeah, just showed Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. You know what? No. He, he tends to uh, gravitate towards that. He's, my, he's, he's koala bearing me right now. Here's something that, here's my something that's true. This is completely off topic, but I was thinking about when I saw, saw your baby Joe was that. You know, they, they sent out a flyer for my school district that said, hey, we're implementing this new health protocol class for middle schoolers. And there's some reproductive, you know, discussion in it and, you know, sex talk and said, show up to this, you know, this forum and, you know, we'll go over it. You know, it's a, and it's a giant school district here. 28 people showed up, you know, and uh, I'm one of them. And. One guy, one guy starts just going off on the, the teacher, and I had to cut him off. I said, hey, look, man. I was like, you're one of the 28 parents out of probably, you know, 15,000 that showed up, right? I'm, I'm sure you talked to your kid about this, okay? Like, this education is for kids who don't get the talks that you give to your kids. Like, that's the important part of it. Uh, and it's a little bit on topic because everybody – you know, thinks based on their experience or their own biases that they have what it takes. And unless you take an assessment like the, the Myers-Briggs or there's other ones, you know, that you can take. Well, they, again, it's all fluff if you don't if you don't take them seriously and you don't, you know, true. actually try to work on some of that that's stuff. True. But uh, yeah, 
the Myers Briggs, I like that one as well. I thought I had it in these notes here, but it's in another book. But yeah, you take that and it allows you to actually, if you take it seriously, it allows you to see where you suck. You know, and it's like, it's like, wait, that okay, that's why I suck at that. Right. And again, it, those of you watching, and then I don't know how many times people have to say it. I'm sure JC and we can can talk on this as well with his leadership experiences, is like. We love Pat. I mean, everybody knows my sarcasm. I like patting myself on the back, uh, you know, especially when I, you know, beat Buddy in a debate, which is every time, you know, and it's like, but. Yeah, you're a master it, debater. Yeah, master debater, right? So, like. I saw what he did there. Yeah, I hands like down, it. hands down. But yeah, I remember right? I. Remember, I'm more of a uh, early 90s baby as far as, like, you know, my influence. I was born in the 80s, but the early 90s was my influence. And, you know, the movie Thank You for Smoking, you know, I, I, I oh, watched Oh, God, that. what a great movie. That's I, so underrated, bro. I watched that religiously, and that's how I developed my argument skills was you don't have to be right. You just got to make the other person wrong. And it's like, <laughs> and then that's that's it. So, uh, but no, uh I, like I said, I got off tangent there a little bit, trying to segue JC into some conversation because JC is wearing our Wolverine shirt, right? Uh, we've been ripped off by Till Valhalla now and somebody else. They're all okay. This is kind of what triggered me as well. This is a shirt from Chummy Vet Apparel, okay? So those of you watching who are haters, we own an apparel company. It's called Better and Trash Talk and Grunt Works, okay? I will still rock the shit out of another better known company stuff okay and i will still promote the hell out of another better known company okay so i don't care that till valhalla is selling those get loaded off of it bro don't care right like awesome but jc is wearing a shirt that yes we do donate to the ukraine right i didn't know how to directly? donate do we get it we directly did, we, well we got yelled at because we didn't know how to donate to the ukraine but we're we're still trying to figure it out. JC has actually figured out a way to do it. Uh, JC, talk about that little program that you guys did uh, and how you helped out, if you don't mind. Yeah. And and, be, and before before he says that, just having said that about Till Valhalla, I will say one thing: Till Valhalla, it's not it's not against the rules to be unoriginal. That's all. No. That's all I'll say. No. That's all I'll say. But I do don't it's like not that against that. the rules. If, you, if any of you follow vet, Veteran Graham Copycats. on Instagram, they ripped off our demon shirt, and it, that they're not doing it for good reasons. So don't 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 like them. But um, uh, so yeah, yeah. J JC, talk a little bit about that program uh, with uh, the Ukraine. So so uh, <clears throat> it was really my wife. Uh, she realized she she reached out to the Ukraine church that's here on Long Island, and um, they said, you know, we've got. They're turning away civilian stuff, like clothes, food. They're turning away civilian stuff. They said, we really need military stuff. And I joke with her, and I'm like, I think this is a way for her to get some of my military gear out of the basement. But she starts collecting military gear and then starts getting people to, to you know, go to 511 and buy uh, plate carriers and... You know, we did Ultima boots and um, we did Mystery Ranch packs. And then what we did, because the civilian aid is actually um, taking a long time, the church ended up chartering a small plane just for the military gear. 
uh, and we put that we put about a pallet's worth of military gear on this very small plane, and it went right to Poland. So you know what what I can tell you is if you find the Ukrainian church in your area, I know they they desperately need. I talked to Trucks about this the other day too. The one thing that they're struggling with is military gear. And what I did was try to provide low-vis military gear so that, you know, they could, because I have a feeling this will turn into a low-vis fight for them as the longer it goes on. Um, so I think, uh, I think if you go to your Ukrainian church, uh, if you don't have a contact, reach out to me and I will make sure that the Ukrainian church finds one near you that we can start, you know, getting more planes over there. Do you know if you could also go to the uh, like a Ukrainian embassy if you have an embassy near you and and give stuff to them? They should be able to get stuff over too, right? Or no? I, I would think so. I, yeah. I, I would I would assume they can. I I don't know where you know. I guess the folks in DC could do something like that. Yeah, yeah I got like I, we're, we're in bed with Ultimate Sacrifice Foundation, and you know they have friends that are also taking care of Ukrainian refugees. So you can watch a lot of our shows and get connected with a lot of nonprofits that we brought on here and actually listen to them talk, right? You can see who they are in person. So if you want to get in bed with them and give them money or give them products to take care of stuff, then you, at least you see the person, right? And again, the last uh, claim to fame for veteran trash talk was, again, we had the, the Warriors for the Outdoors uh, and uh, the Wildlife Foundation out in uh, Midland, Texas. Uh, and you know somebody watched the show and loved that he gave uh, all the equipment to the veterans. So the veterans went on these hunting trips and got to keep everything, right? And so this per we don't know who it is still, but this person watched the show and thank you if you're watching today. Watch it and wrote him a check for fifty grand. Very cool, you know. And it's like, it, it, it again, if we can help one person, so go to uh, you know, say it again, uh, Ali the. The, yeah, the uh, website. Uh, uh, yeah, the Ali uh, LifeCon, or is it Palmer yeah, LifeCon? Thanks, brother. It's PalmerLifeCon.com. Yeah. PalmerLifeCon.com. Go check it out. If uh, remember, it's always better getting advice, you know, from somebody outside your circle. A lot of times it is. Uh, so, you know, go there if you got, you know, plans, aspirations. You want to get off the couch and do something. Uh, if you think you're a leader, don't know if you're a leader. Uh, go check it out because you never know. Man, leadership, I know JC will probably talk for hours on it, but we got a hard stop here coming up soon. Um, but like you you're you're a leader every day. Mm, nice. You know, and, and if you have a circle of people, there's might there's a couple people in that circle that you are leading right now. Right. And so why not identify your weaknesses? Identify your strengths. Yeah. And then that's actually really big, Nick. Uh, and, and can I just jump in there because yes, yes. I hear every single day. People say things like, well, I'm not a boss. I'm not a manager. I'm, they even use the term, I'm not a leader because they don't have a certain title or a certain level of authority. It's an enormous mistake. Some of the stories and the journey that Joe shared today are some of the most powerful demonstrations of leadership that you can do. Sharing your story, sharing your journey sharing your perspective. Good leadership is good communication. It's good honesty. It's good empathy. It's good followership. So to your point, brother, if people have never heard that before, or they're really wondering or struggling, how do I get to a position where I can better influence 
people in my world, whether it's your kid's teacher or your neighbor or your ex-wife or, you know, your children, I guarantee you there are strategies and techniques out there that can make you more effective. And what that does is it makes you just a better, healthy and wholesome person. So thank you. Yep. And, and the caveat, caveat off what Ooh, uh, be Ali you. said, um, listen to this. those people that you're Buddy, leading, pay attention. Th- those, those people like Nick Damn, said, those people in your said. circle that you're, that you're already taking on the role as a leader for that are following you. Yeah. Um, their well-being is your responsibility because they are expect they're not allowing you to lead. They're expecting you to lead. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they're trusting that you and they're trusting in what you're saying and they're looking to you for it. So to be the best version of yourself is taking accountability for your people um, and really identifying what you're good at and what they need to get the best out of them. And uh, like Nick's, you know, Nick's got a retirement party coming up and, and I'm actually excited to see the amount of people he's picked up along the way because I know how he operates, man. Most people that serve with him, they stick around for a while. Nice. So it'll be interesting to see because, uh, yeah, that's it, it. It's it's true, and definitely when Nick says that, that you know, when he's been passionate. By the way, he got it. When he's been passionate about it, it's like, been about the time he was a first sergeant. I don't you know, go on Facebook and man. take responsibility for those people because you love them. You know, well, so right, yep. But how uh, how much? Man, it's your, been, uh, been a good show, boys. It's I love April, it. April 30th. How much of your course, though, Ali is. Uh, is dedicated to the the most underrated key to leadership. That's a firm, firm opinion. but caring knife hand at the correct knife hand. hand. Like how much? George, you like give him a knife hand. That you go through it. That, that like should the be the distance first knife between hand. the forehead, like the different angles, depending on if you're angry or if you're just like showing and you're in the own. Is it a lot? Not a lot? It depends, brother. I mean, it really probably. Depends. I feel like you don't even have it in your course now. Now I feel like it's a little bit on the, eh, <laughs> on the shabby side. Who these? Talking about probably, Myers it, and Briggs. You can't even probably be a good icebreaker. It would probably be a good icebreaker or motivator you know, to all of your classes to start off with. Okay, the first thing we're talking about is knife hand. All right, so Georgia, you're never really in charge. If you don't have this mastered, nobody will take you seriously. Um, no, uh, we'll let uh, we'll let JC close us out here. Quick shout out to our sponsors Ooh. again: Tenth Mountain Bourbon and uh, you know Zach Farkas at the Veterans Mortgage Source. We're always looking for more sponsors. We have tremendous podcasts uh, that we brand uh, with uh, Season Crazy, the Stone Vet, um, Cliff Bauman uh, with the Mental Health Warrior. And uh, we have Throw Punch Monday with Len. All right, Len's a rock star. Clip's a rock star. They're all rock stars. Uh, if anybody wants to get on there and, you know, give them the freedom to spend more time on their podcast, obviously a sponsor helps that. So uh, if you can help them out, again, to you people who are really concerned about other people's money, VTT doesn't get that much of it, okay? We get enough of it to pay for the people like Chris to produce it and stuff like that. And then it gives veterans a platform to you know share their feelings share their thoughts bring more guests on all right from different angles you know and that way we can have more conversations whether or not i agree with the ladies at throw punch monday which they had targeted me last monday that's okay it's okay len and monica all right that's all right i don't i believe in women's history month i like that it's there it just triggers me when people celebrate it because it's that month to celebrate that's a trigger to me right doesn't mean i don't understand it Okay. And it doesn't mean I don't like it. It's the fact that it's like, oh, now you care. Oh, cool. Are you going to care? In, are you going to care in April? 
like, like or, or, or is it over? We make the masculinity joke, and we're like, well, I'll just right, and that's the thing. On top is of that, a bar, and have you try to kick me? Right, but that's the thing to where the, the where if I share my own personal opinion, I start getting targeted by Monica. I know you're watching. I love you, Monica. But I start getting targeted by Monica for you know not understanding women. I was like, shit, I didn't. That was not even the conversation. Like, I just, I it just triggers me because. I want to do everything I can for all my brothers and sisters, no matter what fucking month it is. So, uh, hey, JC, close us out, man. You got the you got the honor. All right, so let me let me hit one thing real quick. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with being philanthropic and making money at the same time. In I can't fact, spell that word. In, in Don't even know. I feel like you're calling us stupid. And did like, you call us names? Languages? I did. I did. I just called you names. And what language? It Irish? It would you to look that, that up. Um, <laughs> but but no, seriously. Like like there's there's no difference in being giving and making money at the same time. That that's a good thing. And and what we should do is as veterans is we should lift each other up while we climb. So if I can if I can make somebody oh. else's life better, but I, but we shouldn't be expected to do things for free because right. Like, like I go and I, I get on the website and I buy a t-shirt capitalism to help somebody. And I, I'm not looking for, for something for free just because I know somebody or like, we got to lift each other while we climb, but that's, that's, that's probably a different show. Um, I, I want to go off of what Ali was saying and what Joe was saying, you know, yes, people are looking to you to lead. That said, as a leader, I made more mistakes than I had successes. I screwed up a lot of stuff. In fact, the reason I got to be a better leader is because I screwed up so much stuff. I learned some empathy. I learned some humility. I learned some loyalty, right? I, I And those things helped make me a better leader. So what I'm going to say to, you know, and I, 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 Joe, I want to talk to you about, about your situation because, you know, I'm, I'm coming from the divorced left. My kid is in South Carolina and, and I'm in New York. But um, what, what I think is really important that, to those that we lead and something that they don't hear enough of is I'm going to do the best I can, but I'm going to screw some stuff up. I'm not going to get it right. And I'm probably going to mess up sometimes in really big ways, but I'm not trying to mess up and you're going to mess up and you're not trying to mess up. And together we're going to get there and we're going to figure this out. You know, I went from, from three kids to, I know how six, you know, three step kids and three biological kids. And, and I'm going to tell you, like, I tell them all the same thing. Like I'll give you what I think. Keep in mind, I could be really wrong because I'm only going with what I know. So, so be a little kind. Like that's a lot of pressure. To put Blending on families is daily work. Yeah, and 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 it's and it's a lot of pressure to put on yourself. Like I got to lead these people the right way, and I got to. They're looking up to me, and they're looking to me for leadership, and that may all be true. But you've got to teach them the same humility and empathy up. As you know, when I work with organizations, I always talk about you guys are really hard on the boss. Has the boss ever been in this position before? You know, a lot of times a president or a CEO never did that before. Have you ever been the, the parent of an adolescent? Until you're the parent of an adolescent. Oh, by the way, 
that adolescent because I've had three and all three of them are freaking different. So, so, and now I got six yep. adolescents and they're all different and I'm, and, and you screw up. But what I want you to do is let's all be kind to ourselves a little bit and go like, we're going to screw, we're going to screw more shit up than we get right. And when I look at what my parents, like my parents screwed up more shit too. And I, I mean, I'm, I'm jacked up, but I'm not super jacked up. I could be worse. And, and I think I want you to, I want you to take that, you got enough pressure in your life. You don't, you ain't going to be a perfect parent because you find me the perfect parent and I will show you somebody that's doing something fucking shady behind the scenes. I'll tell you. Becky, that. come up here. No, I'm just kidding. I just, that's a shout out so that I can maybe get a, a neck massage later for that. Couple. So go ahead. Yeah, sorry. I had to throw that in there. <laughs> Yeah, close out. Yeah. So we got to work on that, JC. I'll put that in the AAR. Uh, oh, sorry. I thought so, that yeah. was actually pretty poignant and meaningful. No, it was. That was no, great. I, no, it was great. I, but that I, was no, hey, that I was more like a that was more like no, a 10 minutes into the show conversation starter. Oh, sorry. So but no, no. Well, hey, to close it I'm just messing with you. To close it out, though, what what went it was Wentworth Miller who was the star of Prison Break. Remember, we had a Lieutenant uh, Nick. Tell me his name. I'm screwing it up. He looked just like him from Prison Break. I didn't see Prison Break. Oh, kind of. We were in Iraq. Green. Lieutenant Lieutenant for the other platoon. Yeah. You mean Green platoon? Yeah. Lieutenant Johnson. Who was it? Johnson, yeah, it looked yeah, like one with Miller. Anyway, the saw coordinator said he was talking about. He was talking about when he screws yeah, hard up. Hard remember Johnson. He screws yeah, up or he does. Forgets Johnson, yeah. but yeah. Uh, no, he's well, a, he's, he a he's a surgeon. He's a surgeon now. He's a, he's a surgeon. Now. Yeah, but they, he he said, uh, you know, when you when you screw up or when you when you do something wrong, he said the first thing you do is you you know you abuse yourself in your own head, like idiot. How did you screw that up? What are you stupid? And it's like start talking to yourself. Like you would talk to one of your friends when they screw up. Because if you talk to your friends the way you talk to yourself like that, you wouldn't have any. So start being a friend to yourself. I think that's a great way to close this out. You should probably go back. You should probably talk to yourself like you talk to your kids, maybe. or See, JC's already triggered for my my criticism of him. So friends I'm like, Ali is raising his hand. Ali, you do that. It's a clap. It's a clap. I'm not raising. I'm celebrating, bro. I'm raising the roof. You ever have a friend that got an STD joke? Because that that conversation is never like, oh my god, I'm so sorry for you. It's like you fucking idiot. Yeah. Well, yeah, if he's if he's in mental shape, I'm sure it was your first time ever trying that. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? At come on, come on, buddy. Those are high school well, problems. I'm talking about grown man problems. Yeah, I'll tell you what my friend STDs. said to me the uh, Magic Johnson. The but, day um, I no. found out I was getting a divorce. Uh, yeah. but that'll be uh, that'll be after the show. Yeah, but hey, uh, yeah, we'll we'll stick around and we'll chat right, after the show. Sorry for those of you that don't get to listen to our after the show talks because those are even better. Uh, uh, maybe we should start recording them, but you never know. Uh, but hey, again, pleasure, guys. Make sure you check all the podcasts on our platform. Again, all those all those people would love sponsors. So if you if you find something there, then that frees up you know more time for them to do the great stuff that they're doing. Uh, and if you haven't watched a season crazy podcast yet. I don't understand a lot of the stuff that they're saying, but it has a lot of followers. So I don't, you might want to go check that one out and then throw punch Monday and then Clifford show uh, bomb and show are, are out of this world. Awesome. Uh, the last uh, throw punch Monday 
where they covered Women's History Month and they covered what women go through in the military. And then it, it, it brought through, it brought up a point when we had uh, Laura Colbert on the author, she came on the show and talked about how in 2004, you'd have helicopter pilots that hover over the women's showers, right? Like, it's just, it's just terrible, right? Like, we don't deal with this shit as guys necessarily in the, in the infantry units because like- We never saw it. Never saw we just, it. We, we, just, saw we, it. we had good leadership. And if you acted sideways when there was a female in the room, you were fucking done. Yeah. So we didn't again, do, we just, so it was foreign to us because we never saw it. I'm sorry. In an infantry platoon, you didn't have to hover a, a helicopter. A helicopter. <laughs> there were plenty of helicopters going on in the tents and barracks. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Had our a, own I got you. The, I got yeah, you. Helicopter. But uh, yeah. I'm glad I got off to that tangent. But uh, I, I was just trying to do is say, hey, watch those shows. All right, uh, check them out. They're a bunch of warriors that are sharing their stories and they deserve some attention. So uh, go go check them out and we will see you guys. I don't know what day is the 26th. All right, so we got uh, something coming up uh, in two Wednesdays with Zach Farkas. And then uh, we have uh, a lot of good guests coming on to include Colonel Nightingale. He's coming on uh, in a couple of, in a couple of weeks. And uh, we got the Three Rangers Brewing Company. They're coming on as well. And Father's Thank Day, we got Hooten and Young bourbon and cigars okay so yeah everybody not the guy who played hoot in black hawk down the actual hoot okay so we will have hoot on and uh we'll smoke some cigars on father's day and drink some bourbon and have a great time so again thank you joe again for your your soapbox powerful moved a lot of people and jc i did it man jc pleasure uh pleasure of you coming on ali I'm glad we got you on the show. I will tell you, the Vegas odds had you at three to one not showing up. So uh, I'm well because you didn't get back to us, you know, for so long. But I we got I you, would, brother. And buddy, I say. <laughs> Did you hear my story about buddy, Boston? I'd say thanks for something, but you're just buddy. So well, yeah, I'm just uh, yeah, you know what? You're just buddy. No thanks needed here. Yeah, no I, thanks uh, needed. I do what Thank I do. Thank you for your I service, it, buddy. That's all you're do. getting. He's retired now. Thank you for your oh, service. We'll see you guys next week. I don't have to stop recording because I'm not the producer. Say it. Say it. Recording has stopped. Recording has stopped. Christopher, you didn't stop.